guys, welcome back for another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your host. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. First off, if you miss us on Twitch, you can watch our latest stream over on our YouTube channel. We have gotten um, quite a little following going on uh, YouTube with quite a few likes. I think our biggest video, how many likes do, or not likes, how many views do we have on that I think now? it's coming up on like a thousand. I think it's like, like 900 and something. Yeah. Um, we actually beat our goal as well for downloads for last month. Um, so we are kind of just trucking along. I love it. The goal of this wasn't to get popular and have a lot of, you know, fans, but it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. And Crystal totally prices right me because I was like, <laughs> I think we're gonna have four hundred downloads for April, and she's like, we're gonna have four hundred one. <laughs> so we we went over that. But, yeah, you know, I had to price this right here. But anyway, so later this month, we are doing our May Twitch stream. We are going to try and do a little ghost hunting for Bethany's birthday um, and just kind of make it an on-the-go Twitch stream. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think I it'll be know. fun. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have to order a selfie stick on Amazon and we're going to put my <laughs> phone and just, like, stream or twitch i don't know and if you don't know what we're talking about you'll definitely have to go watch our latest stream over on youtube because we talk about ghost hunting and all that kind of all the adventures all over on there yep so make sure to drop us a follow on twitch when you do that you will get a little notification when we um, go live um, and who knows, maybe we'll do another little merch giveaway when we hit 50 followers. We're definitely trying to reach affiliates. Yeah. And we already have the, like, average viewer. Also, I love that the person that won our last merch giveaway, well, it's our first one, but, uh-huh. like, the last one we had, how grateful she is. Because she always, like, posts a picture of her wearing on Instagram and tags Crystal or the podcast. Yeah. So it's that's so just, fun. that's really sweet. I love it. Um, we also actually just hit over 2,000 total downloads, which seems crazy. Um, but, hey, we have been doing this since, like, what, November? It's uh, May is seven months for us. And the May 20th mm-hmm. will be seven months because we sat down and recorded our first episode October, October 19th. 19th. Yes, October 19th. So, it's been fun. It's been a journey. We thank you all so much for your support. It's been a great seven months. But um, we're going to dive on into our case. And um, I promise you, you're probably not going to look at your Barbie dolls the same way. Um, If you do, you're probably a little sick and twisted. But anyway. Psychopath energy. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to pass it on over to Bethany. Um, that way, she can tell you a little bit about the infamous Ken and Barbie killers. Which they, fun fact, did not have a name until the lovely people in the United States, which we are from, gave them. Because we are a bunch of weirdos and we have to name everybody. Even though people in Canada were like, it's just two crazy people killing people. Um, but... We all know I'm a YouTube junkie, and I skadoodled. Yes, I said skadoodle. I threw that in there for Crystal. I know she likes it. When I, I like when you use those cute little weird words. words. So I skadoodled, skadaddled over to watch any and everything I, I could over there on YouTube. 
um, and thank goodness because I was sick recently so I literally sat in my bed with my iPad and watched so many documentaries and interesting um, and if you're not so oh my god Crystal did it earlier when we started recording. I'm not going to edit it out. Nope. Now I'm doing it. Um, but if you're not subscribed to Bailey Sarian um, over on YouTube, like literally what are you doing with your life? I will fangirl over her so freaking hard. I love her. Um, she has a really, really good video on this case. It's actually one of her newer cases. Um, she just uploaded that video, I think, in March. Um, cause so many people were like bothering her to do it. I was one of them in the comments. Um, and a lot of people have been talking on TikTok. Um, but I remember watching a special on this case on TV like many, many years ago. I can't even remember like what TV show it was. I'm more than positive it was on A&E. Um, and there was so much I didn't know. Or maybe I was just so young that I don't really remember. So it was good to go and watch all these and have like a refresher. Even though some of it I wish I didn't read again. Um, I just remember, I, all I could remember that it was a married couple. And they like went on this killing spree. And it was like the scene of a horror movie. And I think they did turn it into mm -hmm. a movie. I'm pretty sure. I didn't look that much into it. I mean I know this case, but like I didn't. I know, research, research it again. I know some like other TV shows and movies are based off of it, but like that's just that's literally all my mind could remember from when I watched that. Um, but there's literally so much to it, and let's just I'm just gonna set the scene here for you guys. Um, I'm gonna butcher this, but Carla Homolka. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, she was just 17 years old. She um, was a high school student in St. Catherine, uh, Canada. She had a normal teenage job at a pet shop. I mean, she was pretty normal. She was pretty popular at school. She was very good looking. I'll be the judge of that, and I say <laughs> no. I talk about that here in a second. But that's like all people could rave about is, oh, she was a Barbie. Just because you have blonde hair an Aquanet does not mean you're Barbie but I digress um she was literally she was basically just a normal teenager in high school and one night in October 1987 um Carla and a few of her friends some were co-workers they went to uh, a couple of towns over they were doing something like they were just doing hood rep stuff with their friends okay people um and they went to a bar it was it I'll say it was a bar, but it was really a restaurant that, like, had a bar in it. And these are high school kids, so they thought they were cool going to this place. Probably getting a few, you know, drinks snuck to them. And it was love at first sight. She saw this strapping young Ken doll, as they described him. I don't know why. They literally looked nothing like Barbie and Ken walk in the room and it was Paul Bernardo 23 years old and Carla literally like instantly fell in love big heart-shaped eyes puppy dog like what is that cartoon oh Pepe Le Pew mm -hmm. oh, yeah. mm -mm. yes Carla that was Carla <laughs> like she was instantly <laughs> obsessed and we have this dude he's 23 he thinks he's all that 
Um, so of course he's like, yeah, of course she wants me. Um, and this is where I was talking about, you'll be the judge of that. I can't help but giggle at their first photo that I found on Google and Crystal is literally picking her phone up to Google it. Um, <laughs> Carla is very, very much giving me Joe Dirt vibes. Oh, that bad? <laughs> Okay, but like, okay, this is 87, and like in the 80s, this was the typical hairdo, but she took it too far. It's like, it is definitely a mullet. It's not like a bang tease. It is a straight up mullet. Um, but I, I say Joe Dirt vibes, because like I said, that yes, one? it's that one. It, that is pretty bad. Okay, so I say Joe Dirt because I was recently sick, like I said, and I was in bed on my iPad, typing up, watching Bailey. Um, hi Bailey, if you ever listen to our episode, we love you. Um, and my husband was actually, uh, watching Joe Dirt, and I just could not stop laughing because I had this picture pulled up on my phone, and then I looked up at the TV, and there is Joe Dirt looking at me, and also Joe Dirt on my phone as Carla. So, you know, life is what you make it, you know, and if you get that reference from Joe Dirt, we can be friends. There is um, actually a movie. I did not know there is a movie. Oh, I kind of felt like I had seen something. It has um, Donna from that 70s show. She plays <gasps> Carla. Oh, and then um, That's one of my favorite Misha Collins, Castiel yeah. from yeah. Supernatural. He plays Paul Bernardo. It's a Aww. very weird casting, but I mean, He's I'm trying to hear for it. He always plays like really nice characters. I, I hate when nice. I hate when nice characters have to play a bad role because then I'm like, oh, I have to hate you now. <laughs> I don't want to hate you. I um, hate Castillo. And then, is this our first Canadian episode? Our first I Canadian? Okay, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm second guessing myself. I have that in my notes. This is our first Canadian case, but now I don't. I know. feel like it is. I don't think we've talked about Canada. We, we have gone international. About international. I think it's high. We 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 talked about Connecticut. Yes. But I don't. I don't know. But and I did mention a little bit, but um, they reside in Toronto, Canada, and I'm also going to mention Ontario and Montreal and Quebec. So. Just so, so you know, yes, all up in Canada, couldn't even say it right, and I will let you know that people in Canada still freaking hate these people, as they should. Well, I would hope so. Um, and some of the things that I read in the comment of these YouTube and documentaries and stuff, like, these people, um, I, we could be friends, um, but Paul was actually attending the University of Toronto to become an accountant, Pretty normal job. Everybody said he was a super nice guy. He never caused any trouble. Literally sounds like every freaking serial killer we've talked about here on the podcast. So, like, that didn't surprise. Of course he's going to be nice. He doesn't want you to know he's killing people. They're always the sweetest yeah, people. Yeah, charismatic. I never, never expected. For, people love Ted Bundy. They even went to his trial and ladies were throwing panties at him like that makes me want to throw up that is as glamorizing it and we do not claim those women um another thing is that his friends would boast that like paul could easily go to a bar and pick up like five women that is like not something to be proud of i don't know why men i don't think that's especially in this case that's not a great especially in this case because they don't know what he was doing when he was picking these women up i just think about stds 
bit cute. That's all I think about. You know how many times I've been called boring and not, and I'm like, well, I'm sorry that I like, don't want STDs. I'm that I cherish my vagine and I, you know, don't want things up in it that shouldn't be in there. Exactly. Anyways, we're getting off topic, but uh, go to your local clinic if you need two people. Um, friends said mainly he was obsessed with becoming rich. He wanted to be rich. He wanted to be powerful. He wanted, he basically wanted to be that man that like everybody was like, oh, I want to be him. You know, he's got all the car, the money, the job, accountant. That sounds boring, but that's what he wanted to be. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I read somewhere that he was actually all mixed up with like an MLM, like a multi-level marketing company in the United States. He was. So he was going to the University of Toronto, Mm -hmm. but he also worked jobs on the sides and he wasn't part of that. And I didn't really like dig into that, Mm -hmm. but yeah, he was like apparently scamming people and part of some kind of company like that because he wanted to he wanted to be rich like he had a bunch of like motivational books in Uh his home and like get rich get rich yeah stuff like that like he wanted to be that person um and one weird fact is his best friend and we're going to talk about him later said that the novel american psycho was his favorite and he read it religiously Paul referred to American Psycho as his Bible. I mean, that's pretty intense, but, you know, the American Psycho is... I mean, that explains Pretty good. I mean, it's a good book, and it's a great movie. It's a great movie. (laughs) It is a great freaking movie. I love that movie, but it's It's a weirdo. It's a graphic. He's... Anyways, but literally, that describes Paul Brown. I mean, they're accountants. Mm -hmm. That's what he does in the movie. He's an accountant. That whole thing where they're like boasting showing off their look at this fine print whatever i don't know how to describe the business cards like they do in the movie but like they thought they were like all of that because they had the best that was him so that was really creepy um but basically carla and paul were instantly attached at the hip i mean they met that one night at the bar they actually this is really creepy Apparently, it was, like, attached to a hotel. She was doing something. She had gone to another town or okay, something so, with friends. So, again, correct me if I'm wrong. This was literally just all the research that I did. I'm not kidding. I'm going to drive over here because I just had only... I've only ever listened to this story in a couple podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I've probably seen a documentary. But I thought I read somewhere that she went to a pet convention like a pet sales convention kind of thing i mean that makes sense because she worked at a local pet shop but it basically said that she was like out with co-workers so maybe they they all went to a pet convention together and then because she's from st Catharines, and this was in toronto and that's like an hour away so it could be it said they went to the restaurant but that it was also connected to a hotel so that very well could be. Oh my, uh, that was just, that may be wrong. I literally just, I don't know. That's just what I read. Um, but they actually had sex together that very first night. Oh, okay. So they met in the restaurant, the bar. I'm sorry. Whatever, the I pub. found out my 17-year-old had sex with someone that she met. She's still she in high school. Him. At this point, she's a senior in high school. Yes. No yes. judgment, but. Um, they said it was 
love at first sight. Actually, Carla described it as lust, which is really... That's great. That says a lot about who you are. super cute. Yeah, super cute. I, I mean, I find it weird. Like Crystal just said, he's 23. She's 17 years old. Like, just turned 17. Senior in high school. Um, in Canada, it's legal. Hmm. I mean, I mean, I, it is here too. 16 is the age of consent, so it, it is in Canada. I mean, it's not that bad. And I guess you have to kind of think about it as like if she was 20 and he was 26, it's the same difference. It's just... I'm not opposed to... I guess I'm a more progressive mom. I'm not opposed to you having sex. I'm not going to be able to keep my sons from it. They're going to do it even if I put a freaking chastity belt on them. Yeah. But I would hope my daughter had more common sense than to meet a stranger and sleep with them on the first night. I would hope so. Unprotected. I hope so. Never mind the age difference. Just that you they literally were don't know them. them. You yeah. literally don't know them, and in in this case, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter because she's just as bad as him. But we'll get to that. But yeah, that was definitely in my notes. Definitely was creepy, but their parents really don't have it together. So I mean, it makes sense for them and I'm for sad. her. Um, and Paul immediately started showering Carla with all kinds of expensive gifts and fresh flowers. Like I said, he wanted to be this get rich dude he wanted to show he liked to sh- he liked to flaunt to people basically like his wealth almost. yeah like if he made any money he would go like buy something and give it to carl and then he'd be like hey guys look at what i got carl and then carla like ate it up she loved it of course she did um i mean that's not really weird i mean that's that's a normal like newlywed dating phase yeah. You know, you go through, you want to give your new girlfriend gifts and flowers and show how much. And then you're the girl and you're like, oh my God, this guy is treating me so well. He's buying me things. And like I said, they didn't live in the same town. And for about a year, Paul was driving an hour to spend several days a week with Carla and St. Catherine. He That's was going to school. pretty serious. Yeah. And... To her friend, I mean, everybody thought Paul was amazing, especially Carla's friends and her family. But later on, Carla's friends would find out um, these extra things Paul was doing for her, like the the necklaces. Um, he bought her these really like expensive like champagne glasses, and all the flowers, and you know they got a new car. All that stuff was to make up for how he was really treating her behind doors. Okay, so that is something that I have, like, heard a lot of, like, like not necessarily about their relationship, but people in, like, abusive or narcissistic relationships, mm-hmm. they almost feel guilty for what they did, mm-hmm. and so, or not even necessarily just always guilty, but, like, they want to make sure that that person doesn't say Stay. anything. I feel like it's both. I feel like it's both. Oh, here's this pearl necklace. Don't... Don't think don't about, tell anybody what I had. I beat, beat you, you last night, and I also don't want you to leave me. But then the next night they still beat you or yell at yeah. you. Yeah. But yeah, that's what he was basically. And I even have that in my notes. I said he was a manipulator and a narcissist, mm-hmm. because he would beat her, yell at her, say these nasty things to her, and then the next day he'd go buy her champagne glasses and flowers, and I'll never do it again. I love you so much. And she would just be like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, he would. I mean, it just progressively got worse the longer they were together. 
And I guess to smooth things over, like Crystal just said, and reel Carla back in, I mean, he, he's got to think of something fast. Paul plans his trip to Niagara Falls. Okay. Um, and he could probably sense Carla was probably starting to, because she had started to, like, back off, wasn't really, like, mm-hmm. into the relationship as much. So he's like, okay, i got to plan this trip. And he proposes to Carla. Oh, nice. And, of course, Carla says yes. I mean, she has this older man. Mm -hmm. She's really happy. He is, you know, hitting her and yelling at her, but he's... He's giving her all these Giving her gifts. And she is... I'll talk about it later on, especially towards the end, but she is a very materialistic person. Mm -hmm. Like, she is gold digger-ish. Oh. That is the vibe. Um, And she's madly in love, and, you know, he's showing her all this, so she just kind of lets it continue on and so while all this is going on there is also a ton of reports of rape where paul was attending college Mm -hmm. um and in may of 1990 so at this point because they met at that bar in 1987 Mm -hmm. carl and paul had been together for three years and the police of scarborough Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of people from Canada, like, say that that's how you pronounce it. And then there was, like, another section, I guess, of, like, northern Canada people that are like, that's not how you say it. Oh, it's just Scarborough. Scarborough. Some people said Scarborough. Scarborough. But Scarborough? I don't know. I apologize. I've never been to Canada. I've only ever been to, like, the Thousand Islands area. But also, y'all come down to Louisiana and can't even say, like, normal... How do people can't even say Shreveport? Oh, my God. Or Bossier City. Oh, my God. So. It's, oh, yeah. And the um, the people that, like, try to have, like, a really, like, Cajun accent when they say New Orleans. New Orleans. Or when they say New Orleans. Oh, my God. Like, just say it. I hate say it. It makes me cringe when someone says New Orleans. And I'm like, maybe that's not how you say it. Like, the fact that you're trying to enunciate. I don't know. It's just New Orleans. And nobody come for me because this is not racist. This is just literally a thing. I don't remember what I was doing. And someone was like, oh, so you're from Louisiana. You must be Cajun. I was like, well, I mean, yeah, but not everybody from Louisiana. He's like, so you're a coon ass. And I was like, this is where I leave. This is where I look at you like you're a racist piece of crap. And we just exit this conversation and bye. So I apologize for butchering it, but I I feel pretty confident that Scarborough. But they released a sketch of what this serial rapist looked like. And, okay, I'm sorry. I could not help but laugh at this. But honestly, I would be this person. Um, so they released this sketch, and it's been happening for, like, years. And Paul's best friend actually called the police and said, Hey, that looks a lot like my best friend, Paul Bernardo. And I just wanted to call and let you know. I'm not sure if he's connected at all, but I wanted to give you his info. Hmm. His best friend. I mean, best for, I'm snitches get stitches, y'all. But I feel like I would have done it. 
I feel like I would have done it too. Like if my best friend was like raping people and it, I looked well, at the it. the sketch looks just like him. And it, they're both going to college there and women are getting raped at their college. And like in the I town would around. at least be like, look, I don't know for sure. I don't want you to say that I'm the one who did anything because I don't want to ruin a friendship. But I feel like as a human being, I need to tell you. So shout out to Paul's best friend because he's really looking out for women and... I I'm, I just had to put snitches get stitches because I just thought that was funny. And I was like, oh, my God, his own best friend. Um, so the police department took note of the tip and even passed that info over to the FBI. Because at this point, they had called the FBI. Because we're talking, like, in double digits, people, of women. It progressed. At first, they were being... Some random dude jumped out in the dark and fondled their breast and... That's, that's creepy. creepy. First off, that's is it like all creepy. he did? That's how it started. He would okay, jump out. Number one, if someone just jumped out and touched my boobs and fondled them and didn't say a word, I would have literally just stood there and been like, "What the crap is happening right now? Are you so like? Are life? you okay? Like, are you having trouble getting any poon, sir? That like, you're out here. Touching? Like you're just jumping out of the dark and." But that's how it that's how the reports because not all these women were like I should I mean it is attacked. You were attacked, I shouldn't say that. But it started off fondling and then he started like knocking them out and touching them and not doing anything. And then it escalated to full blown rapes. So at this point they had to call the FBI in and um, they were already building a profile at this point. And the sketch artist, like whoever sat down with that sketch artist, shout out to her. Because that girl gave a perfect description. And it literally looked just like Paul Bernard. I don't know that I would actually be good at giving such a description of she somebody. Was, I, don't know, I don't know which victim it was. If it was one from the beginning or the end. But like it literally looked just like him. Um... Paul was actually called in for a DNA sample because since his best friend called that tip, they have to, you know, at least bring him in. Mm -hmm. So they called him in to give a DNA sample. Um, and, of course, being the charismatic, cocky person he is, he waltzes in the same day and gives them a sample, no problem, without, you know, refusal. Or, like, also that could be because he didn't want to look guilty. But I feel like it's... He was just being cocky. Um, but the sad part is Scarborough had so many samples to be tested and so many rape kits on file that it actually sat on a shelf and was never tested. That's insane. But, I mean, I mean, it's sad. They literally had him right there in the police department and he continued on because it was never tested. And that literally speaks volumes, folks. To how many still today we have rape kits and DNA samples just sitting on a shelf somewhere not being tested um, because they don't want to spend the funding on it. So I'm looking at the picture now. Of the sketch. Mm -hmm. um, the, actual <coughs> the actual crazy part is this spooked Paul. I mean, this spooked Paul really, really bad. He's like, okay, they might have me. Um, he even moved an hour away to St. Catherine to live with Carla and her family. Um, they were going to get a place, but at first they were like, you know, let's save money. 
let's mooch off my mom and dad because you know I like to be a gold digger and now my boyfriend could buy me presents and we don't have to pay for rent. So they moved in with their parents and, and yeah, I mean, they are engaged, so why not live together? So Carlo didn't really think of it, of anything of it when he moved an hour away and, you know, left his college and yeah. But the really crazy part, and I literally, I know me and Crystal make fun of police officers all the time, but the really crazy part is rape reports began happening in St. Catherine just like they were happening in Scarborough, in Toronto, basically. Um, so you may say something about it later on, but like, did Carla know what Paul was doing this entire time? Oh, we'll get there. <coughs> We will get there. We will, Carla. Carla is a, she's a crazy psycho. That is. <laughs> Anyways, um, like literally, how did they not pick up on that? I mean, Carla. It. I don't even. I don't even know. I don't. It, he moves. So it's happening in Scarborough. They have this dude. His best friend calls, and now he moves to Saint Catherine, and now rapes start happening in Saint Catherine. Anyways, um, Carla's family, like, they, because since he went in for questioning, they had started to think, oh, well, like, is Paul, is, did you do it? But, like, Carla's family loved Paul. Oh, my God. Like, it's, it's kind of weird how much they liked him. And they were like, no, it couldn't be Paul. So they continued to believe it wasn't him and that he had nothing to do with it. <clears throat> It literally couldn't possibly be their dear Paul. I, I've said this before, folks. My own children, I will put them in jail. <laughs> so, if you think I won't put my, my child's spouse in jail, you got another thing coming. Um, um, so, this next part is literally disturbing. And it kind of, all morning I sat and I drank my coffee and I thought about this because it warped my brain yesterday. Um... This is especially disturbing for Carla. This is why I said she is, she is pure, she's demon in a box. <laughs> she is demon in a box, folks. She literally makes me sick. Like, I'll talk about her more, like even the sound of her voice. But, I mean, we already know Paul's a weirdo. We already know he's been doing this in Scarborough. Now he's in St. Catharines and he's doing all this. Um, and he's spending so much time with Carla's family um, inside the home, you know, her parents go out and she has, you know, siblings and stuff. And Paul became obsessed. And when I say obsessed, like, gross. Make your skin crawl. Obsessed. Um, with Carla's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. That's sad. Oh, yeah. And at this point, Paul is 26 years old, because this is three years later. Mm. He's 26 years old. He is... 11 years older than her. He is gross. I am 27, so he's a year younger than me. And I can't think of I can't think of me having affection peeled towards a 15-year-old. That's gross. At the age I am now. That's gross. But that is yes, and Paul and the and the fact that he even says this out loud to somebody else. Paul confesses to Carla 
that he fantasizes about sleeping with virgins. Like, that is the thing that gets him off. And he has to do it or something bad is going to happen. That's how he says it to Carla. If I don't sleep with a virgin, something bad is going to happen. That's like when guys would be like, if you don't have sex with me... My balls are just going to hurt so bad. Well, let them fall off then, you know? Like, you're going to be okay. Manchester. Are they really? Do they really hurt? Let's sit here and think about it. Like, you're going to be fine. Come on, Carla. You should have known better. He, and he says it. He guilts her. He says, if Carla truly loves him, she'll let him sleep with her 15-year-old sister, Tammy. Okay, so, side question. Was... Carla a virgin when she slept with? No, she was not. Okay, so is because that she why? Was, she was probably... Well, she said... Okay, so she does admit, like, later on, and I'll talk about it, like, when they question her at the end, and she, you know, all that good stuff. She says she felt guilty because she had already slept around. I mean, she was popular at school. All the boys thought she, she was Barbie. She was literally Barbie. Mm-hmm. She felt guilty that when she slept with Paul, she wasn't a virgin, so she couldn't give him that. So she felt guilted when he asked her this. But, like, oh, my God, like, almost, That's I almost threw it in my mouth. It's literally, it's just messed up. It's just, Carla is, she's literally so lovesick and doesn't want to risk losing Paul that she agrees to it. She agrees to help him. She straight up says, yeah, okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, why not? Let's schedule it on the calendar. Um, And this is the weird part. This is the weird part because they actually had this conversation. They said instead of buying a normal present, like a normal person, Carla says this will be Paul's Christmas present. Okay. Sleeping with her 15-year-old sister. Okay. Um, Also, if... Not that I am, like, I, everyone can do their own thing. I was literally telling my best friend the other day, I don't kink shame, but at the same time, I kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. If you want your spouse to sleep with your sister, and your sister is open and willing to do that, that's between you That's between you But this is a 15-year-old? But if, it, when it comes to a 15-year-old girl who is not even consenting to that or even is at the age of consent, mm-hmm. that's... I'm kink-shaming you. Like, I'm kink-shaming you hard right now. Because it's rape. Yes. It's, ra- it's not even a kink. It's rape. So, they can be shamed. Like, the other scenarios, yeah, that's fine. That's not my relationship, so I don't care. Yeah. This is a 15-year-old virgin. Like, she has she has decided herself that she does not want to sleep with somebody. And you are supposed to be her older sister. Absolutely. You're old, you're, she's 20 at this time. At this point. Yeah. Carla is now 20. Because it's three years later. Um, so, on December 23rd, 1990... Um, they plan to drug Tammy and let Paul have his way with her because they had to wait because, like I said, they live with her parents. And her parents were going out to some kind of, like, Christmas function and they were going to be gone all night. Mm-hmm. So that's why they chose that night, which is just, like, That's great. You think you're leaving your daughter with her sister and her fiancé and you're literally leaving her with two monsters. But, yeah, it's, uh, I don't even, uh, anyways... 
the fact that she was so quick to hurt her own sister, I mean, like, it was like Paul asked her, and then, like, immediately she was like, okay. Like, she didn't even I just think about know it. What kind of, like, mind space that you have to be in to openly say yes to something like that to someone that you've known for three years versus your sister for 15 years? Your own blood. She says she was she was convinced that if she didn't let Paul do this, he was going to leave her. But I just think deep down this type of behavior was already inside of her and Paul just brought it out. Yeah. Because no normal person would do that unless you already have the feelings of doing this to somebody already inside of you. Yeah. Because I know me, if you were, if, if Zach was like, I mean, I don't have a sister, I have a younger brother, and that would be really weird. But if Zach was like, I need to sleep with your brother, I would immediately call 911. Yes. Because I would be in jail for killing my husband. Yes. So. It's like, I don't, at that moment, I don't care how much I love you. That's, like, why, I, that's why I'm like, people are, people are like, well, she was so in love, she was blank. No. She already had these tendencies inside of her, and Paul just brought it to the surface. That is what it comes down to. Um, conveniently at the same time, because remember she worked at a pet shop, so mm-hmm. obviously Carla liked animals. Mm-hmm. That was like her ambition in life was to work with animals. And mm-hmm. at the time, um, Carla was working at a local veterinarian clinic. Um, so that's great that people like this work at places like this. Um, and a few days prior, because they actually planned this over, like, several weeks, which means it's definitely premeditated. Um, and a few days before, she stole some animal tranquilizers. And I don't know why, in my mind, I was thinking an animal tranquilizer was, like, in a vial and it was liquid. These were pills. No. I would have thought it was a shot and it looked like something that she could inject her with. Apparently, there's other forms. So uh. this was a pill because I'm telling you this because how maybe it, it's like a tranquilizer in the sense of like you know how sometimes when your animal has anxiety coming to the vet it could they'll be give them a pill it could be because she took like three or four pills and crushed it up and put it in a drink okay. and that's how that's why I'm describing it to you um, because I really thought it was like a I would have thought you gotta give it a shot. shot yeah and I was like how are they gonna do that with her without her knowing and then you have to wait a few seconds for it to like take effect but I don't know and I feel like I've heard this in a lot of horror movies like some some vet uh, techs doing tranquilizers and then they do something to somebody like they were I don't know they were writing their own horror movie um I just anyways it's. I hope today in 2021 they keep track of stuff like this and keep it better locked away and like maybe only the they probably do or something because like Jesus Christ. they probably do like more regular inventory and stuff like that like I would hope so, but I really hate this. I really hate this part and I really hated watching it and like reading it and hearing people talk about it because it literally made me. I felt so bad for Tammy. Mm-hmm. And they waited, like I said, for Carla's parents to leave the house. And Carla slipped the uh, tranquilizer, like I said. She crushed it up and put it in some... They were having, like, Christmas drinks. Mm-hmm. And she slipped it into, into her drink. A poor, innocent 15-year-old Tammy. She was just so sweet. And 
thought she was having a cool time for Christmas. And uh, Carla actually videotaped while uh, Paul raped her little sister. That's gross. Like, what are you going to do, wash it later and have sex while y'all watch him? That's disgusting. Videotaped, yeah. That's gross. Beautiful. Um, It's a great sister. But something went wrong. Like, after Paul finished, uh, I didn't even want to say that, but when he was done, (laughs) we know, you know. uh, Tammy, like, they still don't really know because, like, they ruled it, like, her just like, natural causes, which is poop, Mm -hmm. but she reacted violently to the meds. They don't know if it's because Carla gave her too many or it's a frequent drug for a dog. Were they drinking, like, the drinks that she crushed up in, was it alcohol? I don't necessarily know. I think it was juice. Like, from the way it was talking, Mm -hmm. like, maybe Carla and Paul had, and, like... Because I was thinking, like, if she would have thrown up, like, if they got her really drunk, and then she, like, just threw up, but she couldn't move enough to, and she's kind of choked on her own throw up. It could be. They just didn't talk about it much. They, Carla, Carla basically just said that they were having some drinks, hanging out, her parents were off on some kind of Christmas thing, and it, like, took, it, like, took effect really, really fast, Mm -hmm. and that's when Carla grabbed the video camera, and Paul did his thing, and, like, literally, as soon as he was done, she started, like, convulsing and vomiting, and then, like, they weren't really doing anything for her, so she was, like, choking on her own vomit. That's Which makes it even worse, um, and she would be pronounced dead later at the hospital that night. They did take her, and they tried to further life measurements and that didn't work and the really sad part is that before Carla called um, an ambulance 911 they took the time to clean up and put the camera away um, clean up Tammy put her clothes back on and all this other stuff that's and who knows who knows if Tammy could have possibly survived if they had gotten her help they say that well she could have survived if they didn't do any of that to her that's right they say that paul gave her cpr but there was like no proof to that but yeah well normally when you give someone cpr they have like broken ribs and stuff like that like you don't just lightly give cpr and not cause lasting effects yeah yeah, you're right. <laughs> so we're going to fast forward to summer, um, July 29th, 1991. Paul and Carla have a lovely summer wedding surrounded by tons of people. Um, their wedding photo honestly looks super awkward. I did look at that. that yes. They both look miserable. They both They both look miserable. They literally literally looks like fake smiles like they don't even want to sit next they're like in a limousine or something and she has this typical 90s poofy dress it's july you can pause it because of the song outside so actually i didn't put this in my notes and i don't know if you researched this um so actually, on their wedding day, 
there was a fisherman out on one of their lakes. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you guys. I did not look up the name of the lake. So I'm not going to say here and pretend that there's a specific name to it. I just know there was a fisherman fishing, as fishermen do, and he found a body part floating in the water. Oh. On the same day as Carla and Paula's wedding. Well. That's a coincidence. Take note of that. And it actually will be discovered that it was the body of 15-year-old Kristen French from St. Catharines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and let you guys on a little secret. few weeks prior, um, so the murder, and it is a murder, of Tammy happened in December. And just before their wedding, a few weeks before... Carla, um, well, no, 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 no. This was Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul was driving down the road, and he saw a cute little teenage girl, and he pulled over and asked her directions. And while he's asking her directions, he's slowly kind of charming her. And first off, adults should never ask a child for directions. That's creepy. And yes. we should teach our children, even if she was 15 years old, not to answer and definitely not to get in the vehicle. If I have children, I'm going to legitimately teach my children to like make animal noises at people if they like start like making them weird, like creeping them out. Just like start mooing or bagging <laughs> like a sheep. <laughs> like just to like weird them out so they're like, okay, cool, I get it, bye. Well, 15 year old Kristen French was just really, she was a really sweet girl in. Paul was charming, and he somehow got her into the vehicle, and he took her home, and he kind of surprised Carla, and he was like, I've got this girl. She's going to be our sex slave for the next couple of days, and poor 15-year-old Kristen was raped over several days. Several days um, while Carla videotaped the whole thing. And she even participated in it. That's disgusting. after they were done, she was strangled. And Carla and Paul actually um, chopped her up. And, and, like, disembodied her and threw her in the lake. And that's... Coincidentally, it's like the universe trying to let them know on their wedding day, her body was found by the fisherman. So... Ugh. So when you asked if Carla knew and took part of it, yes. She videotaped everything. That's gross. Some of it she took part in. Some of it she did not. So. Edit all of this out, Bethany. I know there's no sound, but. Anyways, we'll go on. Um. So, the newly married power couple was feeling unstoppable. Paul was feeling more powerful than ever. Um, but Tammy was not enough for him. And he would and he would let her know. You know? He needed more virgins. That's so He gross needed more virgins. Me. You know? They had literally raped and killed Carla's sister. And he says to, to Carla, Tammy wasn't enough. The audacity of some men... It didn't feel the craving he had. That's how he described it. I have a craving. Baby, that ain't a craving. That is Ugh. like 
a mental disorder that you need to get under I mean, control. first off, how does Carla not feel not feel sad or like a little guilty that she helped rape and kill her not really kill but like they ultimately murdered her mm-hmm. i mean i think carly gave her too much that's how i i think i don't know um and but since then they had moved into their own home which made it easier they could do whatever they wanted to whoever carla started calling over tammy's friends and they would do the very same thing did you hear it said Tammy's friends? Yes. You know, that reminds me of um, the toolbox killer when his daughter... Oh, like, yeah, basically. Over. But first off, why is Carla a 20... Well, at this time, now she's 21. Why is a 21-year-old calling 16-year-old girls to come hang out at her house with her 27-year-old So, would they technically not be Tammy's friends? That's how. That's what Carla said. They called her sister's friends to come out to come hang out. He needed young ones because if so they're young, like, there's a possibility of being virgins. But like, as a friend of Tammy, why would you be like, oh, Tammy's older sister called me to come hang out? Like, why would you go? I don't know. Some girls are dumb. I don't know. They did. They did. They continued doing this. They <sighs> continued. They continued doing this. Carla would call them over, and she would videotape uh, Paul raping them. And but all these girls survived. I guess maybe Carla got better at drugging them or whatever. Um, and she videotaped it. But don't they know serial killer one on one? You never leave a paper trail. Mm-hmm. Nothing can come back to you. And here they are writing everything down and videotaping it. So, dumb, but anyways, we carry on. Okay, but something something started happening. They were kidnapping all these women. Paul was just raping some and strangling others. I don't know what determined that. Like, he would just rape some, let them go. The drugs were so strong that when they, like, came to, they didn't know what happened. They were like, I don't know where I am. And then some, he would keep them for several days and then strangle them. So, I don't know what differentiated. Some survived, some didn't. I don't know if they were just lucky. And in April of 1993, Paul actually beat up Carla so bad, she went to the emergency room. She drove herself. Um, Her face was just awful. I mean, it's already awful. But... Two very large black eyes. Her entire face was swollen. Um, at that point, Carla was like basically done. She was like, I'm leaving. I can't do this anymore. Um, so that was her breaking point. You know, not killing your sister. Not raping and strangling teenagers. Not cutting up a teenager and throwing her to a lake. It was her getting beat up. So A little selfish, and, but... Yeah. Anyways... Everything was unraveling. Everything was just falling apart. They're no longer this happy power couple. And the FBI connected everything in St. Catherine to the crimes in Scarborough. So the police called Carla in for questioning. Um, Yep, in her pea brain. She actually thought they were calling her in to... She thought maybe the emergency room had called the police about her getting beat up because she did say it was her husband. So that's why she thought she was being brought into questioning. Um, yeah, I mean, of all, all things, the things, she thinks she's coming in because he beat her up. 
It had to be in the back of her mind, though, that, oh, I need to cover up these crimes, too. But, like, they didn't even know that she had gotten beaten up until she came in, and they were like, whoa, your face looks pretty bad. What happened? They were Mm. bringing her in because they had finally connected him to all the crimes and just needed to say, hey, do you want to tell us anything? Um, And she doesn't, like... She doesn't tell them anything at first. She goes home. She goes home to see her mom and dad and confesses everything to her mom and dad. Literally everything. Even killing Tammy. Like, literally the same family home where she murdered her baby sister. I can't even imagine what I would do as a parent if my child came to me and said they murdered their I've, I've got... The only, her parents handled this so badly... But I feel like maybe it was just shock and maybe that they've already lost one daughter. They don't really want to lose another. But they don't react in the way that I literally were because they immediately tell her to go hire a lawyer and they help her hire a lawyer. Nope. Uh, Nope. She just admitted to killing your daughter. Nope. Her sister. Nope. She would have been like, I would have called a lawyer to immediately write her out of every will, out of every whatever. Immediately. But she puts... Like, she sings like a canary, and right from the jump, she puts all the blame on Paul. Um, she was just there. That was her answer to everything. And, oh, my God, and you got to look up videos of her. And her stupid little annoying baby voice. I don't know if her, like, attorney, like, told her to act and look and dress innocent. But, like, how she dressed before and how she dressed at the trial and everything... Now she was like this little schoolgirl, oh, like Midwestern mom, like turtleneck, long skirt, high socks, no skin showing, and this little like tiny squeaky like you know the uwu anime voices. Mm-hmm. She tried so hard to do that, like little <laughs> innocent. It's very. I don't know. I don't know if that. I feel like that wasn't her voice before. I feel like that was an act. Oh, I'm sure it but, was. Like. <sighs> She, she just wanted to look like this innocent housewife that just happened to be married to a serial killer. That was what she was going for. Um, and, yeah, it's just, she was very self-absorbed. I just, I don't think, she really didn't, it was like she never fully understood what was going on. Like, you're literally. Like, she thought that if she made this act good enough that she would. That nothing would happen fool, Like, she would fool yeah. everybody. Like, I, I'm not going to jail. Do you, don't you hear my cute little voice? Don't you hear me saying it was all him? No. No. Her and her husband attacked women. They had murdered. They. No, he. It's they. They had raped. They had drugged women. She's the one that drugged them. She's the one that got the drugs. Paul didn't do that. Even her own sister. And she, like, to that, to this day, she says that it was all Paul. She was just, he forced her. So, obviously Paul was arrested because his wife just put all the blame on him. Ratted him out. He couldn't do anything. I I don't think, I I really don't even think he knew that Carla went to the police. They just came and picked him up and then he was like, well, what am I arrested for? Even though he knew. Um, They searched the home with and without Carla, a total of 70 days, and 
it was literally cringy the stuff that Carla was concerned with like when she went in the home with the detective mm-hmm. and she was like telling them where stuff happened in the house and how Paul did stuff and we did stuff here we did stuff in the basement in the bedroom and in the bathroom blah 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 but like she, she was only concerned with her belongings like when the detectives were in there and stuff and some of her stuff was missing some of the stuff had been broken like she was complaining about these really nice earlier I talked about the champagne glasses mm-hmm. those were missing and she better get those back because they're from Paris they're from France and blah blah blah, blah. when are she, when is she going to be able to have the house, stuff in her house and like just complaining that's, and you're like oh you God. literally murdered teenage girls in your home and all you're caring about is some stupid piece of glass like get out of here um and they because Carla kept mentioning these tapes so that's what they were looking for they mm-hmm. really wanted these tapes it was going to put Paul away forever I mean she's saying that he made her tape everything where are these freaking tapes and Carla kept saying you know I don't know where they are conveniently I don't know where they are Paul must have hid them somewhere blah 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 and <laughs> is that your impression yeah, of her voice yes that is my impression <laughs> and obviously they gave her deal because she's the first person obviously and you know how much me and crystal just absolutely love plea deals gag me with a spoon um love the 90s reference or 80s reference carla received only 12 years for like manslaughter basically like not even like not even like really for for which murder though for tammy's or i think it was mainly for tammy because because she she, she had 12 years for each person. She admitted to being a part of Tammy, but for the other one, she says that Paul forced her. So, eh. Makes no sense. But that's how plea deals work. And Carla was just as much involved, but say la vie. Um, they would actually, later after the trial, like after Carla's trial, because they were tried mm-hmm. separately, find the tapes in the attic inside of a ceiling tile. How can you have ceiling tiles in your attic? I thought that That's was That's what I'm weird. trying to think. But I'm thinking maybe it was like a crawl space, and then there was like a little, like, you know, where there's like yeah. lips, and you can reach up. That's something I can and, think of. It's weird, though. Um... I know this tip, so don't come for me from one of the YouTube videos I watched. One of the family members that was a part of it said that the detective had reached up there several times and he was like an inch away from touching the tapes, but wasn't reaching far enough in there because he thought that's where it stopped. But they went one more time because they were just really sure they were there and they found all the type. It was like 30 tapes. Oh my God. Just a bunch of VHS tapes up there. Um, but so the tip is push it back further than you think. Yes, because they, they almost didn't find it. So, but her trial was over. Mm-hmm. So, but the tapes, oh man, they were juicy. And in May of 1995, the trial began, finally began for Paul Bernardo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what takes, I mean, we know what takes so long. They have to get stuff together and then find juries. But two whole years... After being arrested two years, because he was arrested in 1993, so in 1995. And since they found the videotapes, they could use them um, during Paul's trial, because Mm -hmm. it hadn't happened yet. And the tapes were literally a completely different story than what Carla was telling them. I mean, Paul, of course it is. She wanted a plea deal. 
Um, she, and even her legal team and, like, everybody said she didn't deserve the plea deal. And they said that if they had the tapes prior, they would not have even have given her a plea deal. She would have served life in prison. But, um, because on the tapes, you can, there's, like, parts of it where Paul takes the camera and Carla does stuff. Oh, absolutely uh, Of her not. own will. Of her own will. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, she, mm-hmm. I just, is, anyways. Um, but Paul was found guilty of all nine charges. I say nine, but I'll talk about that here in a second. Um, two being for the death of 15-year-old Kristen French and 15-year-old Tammy, um, Carla's little sister. Um, there were actually many more women but at the trial, Paul was convicted of just the nine. Were these um, nine counts of murder or these nine counts rape. of rape? Some okay. of them were rape. The two, like Kristen and Tammy, those were murder. Some of them were the ones that were strangled, but most of these were rape cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't, um, and that's why I said only nine at the trial, because it wasn't until he was in prison. Because mm-hmm. at that point, he was like, well, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison I might as well talk to somebody he confessed to many 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 more sexual assaults Mm -hmm. um and he thank goodness because they found the tapes he is serving life in prison without the possibility of parole ever that's good ever um but there was like a lot of backstory to Paul but like I really don't care to talk about it he did have a pretty weird upbringing like mm-hmm. it, it was weird like his father was ac- accused of raping a 15 year old which it came out that he did so I feel like the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree um but it's somewhere in the numbers of the 40s yep. of how many women he raped because remember it started with him fondling yeah women and they think it might have started when he was in high school that's so gross but a little 2021 update on the lovely Carla because we just really love her from this episode. She was released. She did her 12 years. I think she was released in 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. She has since changed her name, not like it freaking matters, mm-hmm. because people found her and Good. she gets bullied. She's since then had three daughters and remarried. They say it's a rumor, but I feel like it's probably pretty trustworthy that she actually married her attorney's brother, which Ew. you know what she did. Ew. And they had three daughters together. Ew. Um, she actually was living in Quebec, but they had to move because she was volunteering at her daughter's schools, and like the moms bullied her. Oh, I would have bullied the like, crap out of her. We're not going to keep our children here if she's going to be here and her oh, little spawn of Satan. Not. How can you be a mom? I don't know. Like, I'm just, How can you be a mom in the fact that she had three daughters knowing that you raped and killed your sister and you helped your ex-husband because she did file for divorce like that even matters. Yeah, no, um, it doesn't. I just, anyways. Like, obviously her three daughters... That's not on them. Like, that's not their fault. But... But the fact that she... Well, I don't know. No, the fact that someone would want to marry and procreate with her... Well, that did happen. But the latest update on her, because she has flown under the radar, as she should. Nobody wants her in Canada. Literally, all of Canada wants her out. Um, she has since left her husband and her daughters. 
Okay. So she's a Debbie mom. So that carries on. But like, how do you like have that conversation with your daughters though? How do you tell them one day, by the way, I went to prison for 12 years because I helped my ex-husband rape and kill people. And kill your aunt. Kill your kill aunt, your aunt and kill girls me. that are the same age as you. You, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I would never speak to my mother again. Yeah, because if she got out in 2004, they're still pretty relatively young. Mm-hmm. Unless she like had them while she was in prison, which I not. doubt it. But I didn't care to look into it that much. Yeah, they're probably they're all still teenagers. Obviously, they're all under. Probably, but yeah, she's changed her name because she could not go by that anymore because she was getting bullied. Oh so sorry um but yeah that is all that i have for this episode this one was it was literally like all over the place and just like major red flags and i can't believe that carla is out there after literally everything she did but because of plea deals they couldn't try her again they wanted to but lovely plea deals you can't Mm -hmm. anyways that is all that we have for you guys. We don't want to make this too long. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.